When I was a kid, I remember a question that was said. Yeah, it wasn't really asked. It was said frequently enough that it was a bit of a trope. The question was, who's buried in Grant's tomb? As a young kid, I always took it to be an example of a question for which the answer was so stupidly obvious, it should not even be asked. Kind of like today's question, except, except, I will tell you that the answers to both of these questions have more to them than you might think. So stick around. You might discover something you didn't know all on the way to answering the question, who is the Son of Man? Welcome to the Sky Pilot Podcast that explores questions of faith, spirituality, and religion. I'm Dan Matthews, and I don't have all the answers, but I do enjoy the questions. Welcome to the podcast where every question is an invitation into a spiritual quest, and you're invited along for the journey. All right, so the first question, who's buried in Grant's tomb? First of all, that question was made famous by Groucho Marx. Didn't know that before I looked it up. And the answer to who is buried in Grant's tomb is, well, Ulysses S. Grant, of course, and his wife, and evidently their dog. Now, I have something important to tell you, unrelated to that. Something important. Okay, it may not be important to you, but it's terribly important to me. I have a famous relative. I mean, really famous. If you're in North America, of absolutely pretty much any age, you've heard of him. This was my claim to fame as a child, and was also the source of much conflict as a child. You see, my very famous relative is... Smokey the Bear. Now, if you are like, well, every single child I told this to in my formative years, then you just said to yourself, you can't be related to Smokey the Bear. A, he isn't real. B, if he were real, he's a bear. You can't be related to a bear. Well, many years ago, a relative of mine was a leader in the very early days of land conservation and forestry management in our country. And in an effort to curb forest fires, he created the idea, the story of Smokey the Bear. Yep, Smokey the Bear was his brainchild. So, I'm related to the guy who invented him, who created him, who gave birth to him, and therefore also related to his child, or in this case, his brainchild. So I grew up calling Smokey my cousin. Now, you may say that's stupid. It still isn't possible. But to a child, and to every single person in my family, it is very, very true. We absolutely believe it. The other thing that I should tell you and relates to the podcast here is that his official name isn't Smokey the Bear. There is no article the in his name. It's just Smokey Bear. Okay, you would think I'd be more adamant about this one. I mean, given that he's my relative and all, but I'm not invested in this at all. His name is Smokey, and he is a bear. I really don't have a problem with calling him Smokey the Bear. I get it. It's supposed to seem like his last name. You know, Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, Jesus Christ. Sorry, is that crossing a line? All of this brings us to our subject. When I was growing up, I sat in church listening to the stories of Jesus, or, to use his full name, Jesus Christ. We use the term Jesus Christ so frequently in church that to my hearing as a child, I just assumed it was his last name. It was only later that I learned that Christ wasn't his last name. It was a title. Yes, ma'am. Is that really your question? Yes, I did learn that little fact before going to seminary. 
Eventually, as a kid, I learned that Jesus actually has quite a few of these titles that are and were associated with him. So Messiah, Christ, Son of Man, Son of God, all were used in church pretty much interchangeably, and they all meant he was the one sent by God. I have genuinely heard them all used to mean, well, the exact same thing, which really kind of makes sense. I mean, we have a handful of words and phrases we use to describe who Jesus is, and now that we have 2,000 years or have had 2,000 years to process who we understand him to be, the roles have flipped. Explain myself? Yes, ma'am, I will. You see, in the early days of the church, they were telling people about this guy, Jesus, and many people had never heard of who he was. So those terms that we know so well really helped people know who he was. Look, if you hadn't ever heard of Smokey or Mickey, then Bear or Mouse added to their names would be really helpful as to who they were. Oh, he's the Bear. Oh, he's the Mouse. Jesus Christ. Oh, he's the Anointed, the Chosen One sent by God. Now, there might be some variation as to who the listener in the early church expected the Christ to be, but the meaning of the word Christ helped people understand who he was. But my argument here is that things have changed today. Today, Christianity is the largest religion in the world. No, we're not near a majority religion, but still we're the largest in the world. And so within Christianity, we understand who this guy was. Well, we may not all agree, but within our churches, within our congregations, within our communities of faith, within our denominations— With our faith groups, we have an idea of who we believe he was. So in this day and age, Jesus gives more definition to the titles associated with him than the titles do to Jesus. And because of that, I think they all tend to blur together. So Christ, Messiah, Son of Man, Son of God are all lumped together as descriptors of Jesus. Jesus is the same guy, so they must all say the same thing, right? So let me offer this challenge to you. This is kind of our game show moment of the podcast. One of these things is not like the others. One of these things doesn't belong. Can you tell which thing is not like the other by the time I finish this song? Oddly, three of these can be grouped together as meaning largely the same thing, but one... One of them is a strange and mystifying outlier. Look, grant me a detour for just a moment. Have you ever seen the movie Citizen Kane? I watched it in film class in college, and it was, at least then, regarded by many people as the greatest movie ever made. And if you haven't seen it, let me give you a brief synopsis. I don't really feel like this is a spoiler of the movie. I mean, it's been out 80 years. You could have seen it by now extremely wealthy man, lies on his deathbed holding a snow globe. He utters his last word, Rosebud. Rosebud. And then he dies and drops the snow globe. It rolls across the floor, down some steps, and smashes into a bunch of pieces. The rest of the movie is telling his life story and trying to figure out what this last word, Rosebud, means. At the end of the movie, we find out what it means, sort of. We see his childhood sled being discarded and burned with a bunch of other stuff, and the name of the sled becomes visible in the fire. The name? Yep, you guessed it. Rosebud. So now we have the answer. Or or do we? 
Okay, so Rosebud is the sled from his childhood, and now we know that his last word was a reference to that sled, his youth, maybe when times were simpler and happier. But for me, we really only learn where the word came from, not really a fully satisfactory reason for it being the last word he spoke. And Christianity is much the same when it comes to our understanding of the term son of man. So let me say at this point, this is a greatly debated subject, and I will not be leaving you with a definitive answer in the end. I will, though, be offering you a glimpse into Christianity that maybe you didn't know about. So one quick clarification before moving on. There are those who say that Jesus was not God and wasn't the Messiah because he never referred to himself in such a way. According to them, Jesus always preferred the term son of man to describe himself, which really had no godly or messianic quality to it, according to them. So Jesus was about the message, not the divinity. We shouldn't get lost, according to these people, in focusing on the person. We should focus on what he taught. So let's get this out of the way. Is it true that Jesus never referred to himself as the Christ? Well, there really isn't much of Jesus saying, hey, everybody, gather around. I want to tell you something. I am the Christ. That doesn't happen in the Bible. But on the other hand, we have examples of Jesus well, coming pretty close to that. Jesus meets the Samaritan woman at the well, and after a bit of conversation, they have this exchange. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he the one who is speaking to you. And remember the exchange with Peter when Jesus asks the disciples, who are people saying that I am? Then he says to them, after having asked them that question, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. So now we've answered that little question. Does the Bible have reference to Jesus saying he is or agrees to the idea that he is the Christ? Well, you heard the answer. You heard those passages yourself. I'd call that a big yes. All right, anyone who recognizes that particular little movie sound clip, let me know. I'll be really impressed. Anyway, moving on. I'm not really interested in the Son of Man versus Messiah debate in the sense that I don't want, nor am I interested in trying to eliminate one of those over the other. But there is something useful to be found in the comparison of the two. Let's just understand that if you ask the Jews who lived at the time of Jesus what they expected from the Messiah, who they expected the Messiah to be, I can safely tell you that with a high level of certainty, Jesus was not it. But they certainly expected a Savior sent from God just not in the way that Jesus manifested himself in those roles. So let's keep things simple and say the term Christ and Savior mean one who is sent by God. Those both highlight the nature of being sent from on high by the Lord God Almighty. And here is where things get interesting. Did Jesus think himself to be the Messiah? Yes, I think we've established that. But Here's where it's really interesting. That wasn't, by far it wasn't, his favorite term for himself. His favorite term to refer to himself is the Son of Man. Now, the term the Son of Man occurs 
81 times in the four Gospels. Most of those are quoting Jesus himself. So if this was Jesus's preferred term for himself, we should look at it. What does it mean? Well, when trying to get to the bottom of this type of thing, scholars usually look for the term being used and that they are studying in other passages to find out its meaning there. And when studying the New Testament, looking at the word or phrase in the Old Testament can be really helpful. If we can find it there, then we are on track to help us understand its meaning and use in the New Testament. So, does the phrase appear in the Old Testament? Well, yeah. The term Son of Man actually occurs 103 times in the Old Testament. Well, that surely gives us enough context to understand how Jesus used it. But go on, what does it mean in the Old Testament? Well, the term Son of Man in the Old Testament has a rather general meaning. It means human. Okay, so this seems rather simple, right? The term in the Old Testament is used to mean human, and Jesus uses it to refer to himself. He obviously wants to link himself in some way to the Old Testament and to emphasize his humanity. End of story. Which, I will say, many have taken that as the explanation. And it's often been seen as a balancing term to Son of God. Son of God is intended to emphasize his divinity, Son of Man to emphasize his humanity. He was both, question solved again. Except, except it's not quite that simple. The Old Testament, as we have discussed, uses the term Son of Man many times to mean, as I said, in essence, human. But that isn't the phrase that Jesus actually uses. Oh my goodness, you're just talking in circles now. Yes, it's confusing, but bear with me. Jesus uses the term the Son of Man. So it's natural to look back and see what it means in the Old Testament. The Old Testament certainly has the term Son of Man, which is pretty well understood as to its meaning. But Jesus isn't called Son of Man. He is called the Son of Man. And it is that article that changes everything and gives scholars so much difficulty. You see, there's no equivalent use in the Old Testament anywhere, and scholars are increasingly in agreement that we probably shouldn't read the New Testament's use of the Son of Man as simply an extension of what is said in the Old Testament. Matter of fact, there really isn't any reference from Jesus's time that speaks of the Son of Man. I don't mean just in the Old Testament. I mean, in any kind of writing that we have from that time, the Son of Man isn't a term that was used anywhere that we can find. It seems to be fairly unique to Jesus. Now, you might say fairly unique. I say fairly unique because there may be something out there of which I am unaware or we haven't discovered yet. I'm not using it because I'm holding anything back. So you were saying Jesus had a favorite phrase to refer to himself. But scholars believe it was unique, a self-expression, and probably intended as a title, yet we don't have a definitive answer as to what it means, what Jesus intended it to mean? Yeah, that's pretty much it exactly. Matter of fact, that's pretty much a synopsis of the whole podcast. So this really is like Rosebud, isn't it? So is that it? You leave us hanging and we never know? Well, I can give you some of the theories. You're welcome to fall in love with one of them, or several of them, or find another, because there is no one in Christianity who can refute you and tell you that they know the correct answer. Okay, so here we go. One explanation says that it is intended 
as I have said, to refer the humanity of Jesus and emphasize it as opposed to the divinity. This could be right, but it feels like, well, it feels like there should be more to it than that. Another explanation, perhaps this is intended to be the opposite. Rather than emphasizing Jesus' humanity, it's intended to emphasize the divinity of Jesus. If Son of Man was used in the Old Testament to mean human, then Jesus choosing the term for himself but placing the article the with it means that he is not a human, he is the human. He is the perfection of humanity before his time, in his time, and forevermore. That perfection of humanity, according to this theory, emphasizes his divinity. Yet another thought. Perhaps it is a title intended to ring of humility. Perhaps it was intended to constantly remind people that he was not above them, but one of them in this life, in the midst of them. Yet another explanation. There are those who think that it was intended to echo the use of the similar term from the book of Daniel and therefore give a sense of Jesus fulfilling the prophecies of old. And the final one, and I'm sure there are others, in this case, final means the last for this podcast. It is that it was an idiom of self-expression created by Jesus himself that had some meaning for him, but it is not entirely clear to us. And at this point, we will probably never know. It will never be entirely clear to us. So like Rosebud, only more so. That's all for today. Sorry about leaving you without a clear, definitive explanation as to what this means, but sometimes our faith journeys are like that, aren't they? Matter of fact, a lot of times they are like that. We don't always get the clarity we'd like to have. But remember, sometimes in those moments of frustration where we want to know the lack of clarity can offer us some time to ponder, time to think, and sometimes we wind up finding something new we had never seen or thought of before. So let me know if you think of something I missed, something obvious even. I'd love to hear from you. My email address is dan at skypilot.zone. And on your spiritual journey, may you ask questions, seek answers, and boldly go wherever the quest takes you. Thanks for listening to SkyPilot Faith Quest. I invite you to send me a question or leave a review. And remember, the sign of a strong faith, solid religion, or healthy spiritual journey is not certainty, but that you keep asking questions.